Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I'm your host, Matt Infante. I am joined by the, the, the centerpiece of all things Miami Dolphins at Pro Football Network, Adam H. Beasley, PFN's deputy editor and Miami Dolphins reporter. Adam, how are you? Infante, I've known you for how long do you think? And I'll say known you as in we've interacted on social media. Uh, 10, no, eight, eight, 10 years. Something I like think that. this might be the first time we've actually produced a piece of content together, which is incredible. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. And, um, the first of what I hope to be many, many episodes of the new PFN, uh, Miami Dolphins podcast. And, um, I, I'm excited to be back doing Dolphins content. I haven't really done Dolphins content in oof, a, a decade plus. Um, and this year, especially because we're going to the Super Bowl this year, right? The Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. Well, PFN least, will be there. I don't know about the Miami well, Dolphins. PFN will definitely right. be well, there. Well, if, if social media tells me anything, it's Dolphin fans are very excited for this year. And, um, you know, I, I think that kind of gets into our jumping off point here. Uh, season expectations. And you've been at camp now for, what, uh, 10, 10 days it has been. What are the feelings around the team as far as expectations inside the locker room? And then also, conversely, how is that with the fan expectations when you've seen fans attending these practices? Well, I'm going to tell you what the most important expectation is, and that's the ex- expectation of ownership. Uh, Steven Ross is at a Super Bowl or bust mode. And he's owned this team now since I think he took over full ownership in 2009. Zero playoff wins, I think two playoff appearances uh, in that time. Uh, despite the fact that he spent billions of dollars to buy the team, billions of dollars to uh, renovate the the grounds that the team owns, both the stadium and the brand new practice facility they have there, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars in guaranteed salaries over that time. Um, just an insane amount of resources have gone into making this thing work. And it hasn't. It has not worked until... I guess, I guess you would say last year was a success making the playoffs with your quarterback missing a quarter of the season, but they have not had the real success they want, which is not a one-and-done playoff appearance, but a deep run. Uh, the, that, that time is done, right? The expectations are this is – Steve Ross is going to look at this as like, I've given you the coach you wanted. I've given you the defensive coordinator you wanted. I've given you the players you've wanted. I've given you the practice facility you wanted. Uh, now is the time that I get what I want. And what I want is a Super Bowl championship. I want to hoist that Lombardi trophy uh, out in Vegas in February. I want this to be the time. So, you know, I'm not I'm less concerned about what the fans care about. And certainly the fans have absolutely reason to be bullish on this team. Uh, I'm more concerned about what the organization wants. And this has been the moment they've been building for since they, you know, they pulled the pin on the detonation of that roster in 2009. Call it a tank, call it rebuilding, call it whatever you want. Uh, they were not trying to win in 2019. They are 100% trying to win in 2023. Yeah, and and let me ask, is, is there more pressure this year? Because one, we know salary cap hell is coming, right? But if you look at over the cap, they're $32 million over the projected cap uh, next year. If that you look at spot be, track, that, it's 50. That, that might be ambitious. It might be more like 50. Yeah, yeah. And that's without the extensions that are still required for some of their pending free agents. Um does that add a layer of pressure to, to, to management? And, and, and does that trickle down to the players knowing that the, the, is there a one-year window or a two-year window? Totally. A hundred percent. There's, I mean, your, your quarterback, you don't even know who your quarterback is going to be in 2025. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the future is now for this team and 
Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Christian Wilkins long-term. We don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Phillips long-term. We don't know what's going to happen with Javon Holland long-term. All these young up-and-coming defenders who are a big part of what they're trying to do on defense, they're all going to want to get paid sooner or later. And we can get into Wilkins in a second. He, his instance is sooner, right? He wants, you know, he wants that big money defensive tackle contract that all of his peers are getting. So they, they are in the last year of Tua being cheap. He's earning, I think, a million dollars in base salary this year. And although it goes up substantially next year, he's still going to be wildly underpaid for the position. I think it's $23 million is what the fifth-year option is, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, he is th- That is still underpaid for even a mid-tier starting quarterback, and I think we can both agree he's better than that. Uh, you cannot go out and do the things like trade for Bradley Chubb and, and, and sign Teron Armstead and do all these things year after year after year without – the balance sheet looking kind of upside down at some point. And 2024 is really when they're going to need to figure out whether this is, this is the core they want to continue to going forward or another kind of uh, soft rebuild. But uh, yeah, hundred percent. The expectations should be high. They are high because they've put together one of the five or six best rosters in football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and the other thing I've been wondering as you hear about the defense and how, it's performed so far in camp and how Vic Fangio has um, kind of, he, he's a bit more honest to the media about how his team's performing. It seems like, um, but is there a chance Vic Fangio is, is a one year rental and then next year they're looking to replace the defensive coordinator because the defense does such great things this year that he gets another head coaching opportunity. And does that add addition, another layer of a pressure? I, I, I do think that window may have closed. I, I think uh, the, the, the really only scenario that I see that Vic isn't the DC in 2024 is if he retires. Uh, I would be kind of stunned if someone like it didn't go great in Denver and it took him how many years to get that job. Right. Yeah. Oftentimes these career, these long. career, these career assistants uh, who keep getting passed over for head coaching jobs when they finally get their shot, it's their one and only shot. You know, I feel like, you know, Mike McDaniel, if he didn't work out here, he'd get another chance somewhere. We saw Adam Gase got another chance yeah. somewhere. We don't know if Brian Flores will get another chance somewhere, but that's more because of his <laughs> picadillos than it is any, you know, <laughs> coaching X and O's de- deficiencies. So uh, I-, I think Vic is here for as long as he wants to remain in coaching or as, re- as long as Mike McDaniel uh, remains the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Okay. And, and, and I think, um, you know, you talk about season expectations. I think the natural segue is to the quarterback, right? And to a tongue of Iloa and, Obviously, um, he, he's a bit of a lightning rod. Whether you, you like him, you you dislike his play, uh, you, you think he's injury prone, you think he is the guy long term. You think some think he's not the guy long term. But this is year four, right? Year four, um, year two in this offense. And the last time we saw Tua, as great as last year was, and we can run down all the advanced analytics to tell you he was a top one, two, three quarterback. The last time we saw him, he was playing probably concussed, right? Throwing three fourth quarter interceptions. But it, it goes beyond that because his last four games were not that good. Uh, he completed less than 53% of his passes in those last four games. Six touchdowns, five picks, was sacked nine times, a passer rating of 80.5. Um, so, you know, as fans, we like to look back and see all the good that was before those last four games. But starting with the West coast trip, things kind of deteriorated before he got the the final concussion and then was put on the shelf for, for the rest of the year. So what are the, you know, the expectations in and around Tua, um, the, the pressure on him and and how has he handled that at camp so far this year? 
Yeah, I think it was a collective failure uh, the last half of the season offensively. Uh, certainly teams figured out what the Dolphins were doing. Um, they jammed up the middle in a way that they weren't able to do, at least effectively before then. Um, did the Niners give the blueprint of how to slow down that offense, perhaps? Also, Tua made some bad throws, man. Like that Chargers game, you go back and look at some of those throws in the Chargers game, and it's it's on the quarterback there. Uh, you know, I think not having Tron Armstead healthy through the entire season hurt them. It's crazy. The splits of when he's all in the field and when he's off the field, it's mind boggling. I think they average like a touchdown more a game in games in which he, he plays at least 50% of the snaps. So all those things are factors for sure. Um, and you cannot discount the fact that to your point that Tua is probably not altogether there cognitively in the second half of that Packers game that certainly contributed uh, to those throws that the coaches identified it immediately when they watched the film, like he is doing things that Tua doesn't do. So I think some of those n- numbers might be a little skewed, but to your yeah. point, I, it was not nearly good enough on offense starting with San Francisco. Um, and there's a reason that team went on a five game losing streak and getting their quarterback hurt was a big part of it. Their quarterback, when he was healthy, not playing to the level he was before is important. So I, I do think it's, this team needs to be more diverse, Matt, than it was in 2022. And it's kind of weird to say that because they lost their big rangy target and Mike Kosicki, uh, who's going to fill that role. It's not going to be the tight end position. You go through that, that group and it's not going to be a tight end who steps up. It's going to have to be either out of the backfield or Raheem Moster type, maybe Devon a chain gets some looks here and there that can, that can really stretch things in the passing game. And it's going to have to be Cedric Wilson showing up. I mean, they, they gave the dude, $14 million over the first two years, I think, of his contract. I think he's three for 22, maybe, is his deal. Um, way too much guaranteed money to move on from him this season. And and they need him. Like, you go and look at the receivers they have. Who is their red zone target? And we kind of asked this to, to McDaniel this past week, to Frank Smith, to, to even Wes Welker about, hey, you guys have a bunch of short dudes who play wide receiver. Uh, how does that work when the, the, the space gets real tight? And there are ways that you can scheme speed and quickness guys to get open in the red zone. I mean, Tyreek Kill scored a ton of touchdowns in his career, and he hasn't gotten any taller. Um, but I think they need Cedric Wilson to show up. I think they need maybe Eric Edzukama, a uh, rookie last year who didn't really do much. Uh, and, and by not doing much, that includes not knowing when to, when and where to line up, <laughs> which was a criticism that they've that, that was that was surfaced this past week. Uh, he needs to be there. Um, maybe a Trent Sherfield shows up a little bit, but like they've got some, you know, they, they, they've got some deficiencies and they're, you know, beyond their top two targets and uh, they need to figure out who their number three is for sure. Yeah. And um, I think we'll get to that a little bit when I talk, I'm going to ask you about some of the impressions from your first week of camp and some of the position battles. Um, but one other point on Tua, right? Everyone was talking about, the weight gain and the falling, right? Those are the two things that have, you know, lit up social media around Tua. There was pictures going around of Tua and OTAs. Some trying to claim, you know, he, he looked a little too thick, um, which is obviously outrageous. And, and, and the, the, the angle, some of the pictures are at, were not flattering for him. Um, but is around the team, do they feel comfortable, confident that they can get 16, 17 games? I know he's going to be wearing the new helmet as well. He learned how to fall. He's... Um, some teammates have noted he looks quicker in the pocket, not so much running foot speed, but quicker movements within the pocket. Um, what's the feeling around getting a 15, 16, 17 game season out of their quarterback? Before Which we get need. there, before we get there, I got to yell at you for not throwing a flag on me. Trent Sherfield's on the team. Uh, come on. 
in fact, sure you in Buffalo. Yeah, you can't let that pass by. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is not who I was uh, thinking of. I apologize for the mistake. I won't, won't be the last. I was thinking of River Craycraft, but you know what? That's the great thing about podcasts is I'm going to make a billion mistakes. and You guys can all heckle me in the comments. So, uh, uh, River you Craycraft, know what? I really wish I could have called you out in that one. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a failure on your part as much as it was mine. It won't that. happen again. Okay, it good. won't happen again. Your next mistake, I'm going to call out. Good. V- very good. clear and obviously. And then we'll we'll clip it and tweet it as well. I, I, I hope you do. Uh, so yeah, uh, Trent Sherford's going to catch balls from Josh Allen this year. River Craycraft's going to catch balls from Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, and when I'm going to rejoin 2023 in a second, uh, I'll talk to you about Tua. No, seriously, uh, he, uh, he better stay healthy because if he wants that payday, um, if he wants that big contract that he's seeing all of his peers get, and we'll see what Joe Barrow comes in at, but it's probably going to be $54 million a year in that range, $53, $54 million a year. Um, what are you going to give to a, and that's the question. And I, I think you've seen promising, I, look, I, I got to give the dolphins credit for not losing their minds. I, I advocated back in February for them to pick up the fifth year option of Tua. I think it was a no brainer because even if, you know, you don't love what he does this year, you'd be able to unload that contract. Somebody in need of a quarterback would be willing to go up sixth or seventh round pick to take the $23 million off your book. So you, it was, that, that was a no brainer for sure. Uh, moving forward, it gets tricky and you've got to figure out, I mean, we talked before about this, this is his last year on his rookie deal. This is the last year you're going to be able to make those big splash moves, but there's a huge difference between paying your quarterback 32, 33 AAV and 47, 48, 49, 50 AAV. That's you're talking about two or three starters is the difference that you can get from that so there, it, it's really important for him to learn, for them to learn his true value. Um, certainly, they don't have to make a decision today. They don't have to make a decision tomorrow. They don't even make a decision a year from now, to be honest. They could go into the 2024 season with him on a one-year deal, and that's what it would be. It'd be him on, you know, in, on the fifth-year option and be in a contract year. Um, and it's probably not a terrible idea. If he goes and lights the world on fire this fall, they – not only make the playoffs, they make noise in the playoffs. And to your point, he plays 16 or 17 games. He's going to get 40 million plus. I mean, it's it, the Dolphins are going to lock him up. But very little with this team is is is, is often cut, that cut and dry, right? There's shades of gray. And if he, let's say he gets hurt, but it's not a concussion. Certainly concussion is the worst case scenario, right? He, you, A guy who has a history of concussions continuing to get them, He's already talked about, hey, maybe maybe I hang it up if this thing gets bad again. Um, that's the worst case scenario. But let's say he, you know, has a high ankle sprain, which he's had two in college, something that keeps him out two or three games, and you're not able to count on him during the stretch run again. You cannot have Skylar Thompson going into Buffalo again for for a playoff start. I mean, that's all that work you've done. Like seriously, all that work you've done literally since for the players April and for the the front office January is, is wasted because your quarterback isn't available and you cannot give massive, massive guarantees to, to Tua if you don't think he's going to be available. Now, the question is maybe you do approach him in the off season and say, Hey, here's, here's what I'm looking guaranteed wise. Here's what I'm looking incentive wise, easily reachable incentives by as you play 14 plus games, you hit, you hit, you're paid to the degree you are. I don't think Tua's agent's going to be down with that. I don't think he's uh, – unless Tua absolutely loves McDaniel so much he wants to stay in Miami, what's his incentive to take – you know, to bet on himself if he thinks another team's going to bet on him? So uh, 
hopefully the jujitsu works. Hopefully the weightlifting works. Hopefully the just awareness works. I, I mean, you look at the, the injuries he's suffered and going dating back to, to the hip in Alabama and beyond that. Um, he's, uh, he's a lot of them are self-inflicted, like just get down, dude, throw the football away, just end the play and take the L and move on. Genetically, he can't do that. He's wired in a way that doesn't allow him to do that. He's got to stop. He's got to change whatever chemicals are going on in his brain. He's got to change them to say, hey, throw the ball away, live to see another day because I'm doing absolutely no good to my team in the training room. Yeah, and that's been a problem since Alabama, right? I think Nick Saban's even talked about that. was one of the things he talked to Tua about was knowing when to give up on the play and, and, and live for the next play. So hopefully he can can learn that skill and 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 balance trying to keep plays alive to make that big play, but also, you know, self-preservation, I think, is really what it comes down to. Yeah, um, and, and, and again, part of what makes Tua injury prone is also what makes him the quarterback he is, too. By not giving up on a play, you know, finding a receiver open late, all that is a big part of what he can do. But the question you have to ask is the juice worth the squeeze? Is it really that one play? Is it worth jeopardizing our entire season? Yep. Right. Um, so we talked a little about the quarterback, right? Let's go talk about the other big story of training camp, I think. And that is Christian Wilkins because he wants a payday and he made it clear he's not taking a hometown discount. Right. As, as you wrote for Pro Football Network over the weekend, I believe it was, um, his comments were, were pretty clear when he spoke on, I believe it was, was Saturday. Um, so it sounds like he's had a dominant training camp. Um, I couch that by saying that maybe it's more of the offensive line deficiency than his, um, you know, sheer dominance. But, but how is he handling the contract situation? Um, ultimately, what do you think the Dolphins will do? Um, I know Rosenhaus was on his show a couple weeks ago saying that he thinks that all other negotiations are on hold with Connor Williams, with Zach Sealer until they get uh, Christian Wilkins done. Um, are you hearing anything around that? Do you think that's the case? And how do you think this plays out for, for Wilkins? Yeah. Um, he was asked uh, on Saturday and you were right. That's, that's when he spoke to reporters. He was asked, you know, is this something that if it's not done by the season, you want to hit pause. And he really stayed above the fray. He's going to leave that in the hands. And honestly, like how many players are truly distracted by their agent having a conversation with the organization? Like I always thought that it's like, oh, I got a hard week one deadline. What the hell you do, right? Yeah, it seems totally you do? If yeah. someone's going to give you 60 million guaranteed in week four, are you going to say no? Because, oh, I got to focus on the season. Come on. Absolutely not. If, if, if the Dolphins go to, to, to Wilkins's agent and says, hey, look, here's the structure. Okay, we see he's not Aaron Donald. Okay, he he's not going to make 24, 25. Donald makes over 30, but he's not going to make 24, 25. But we think he's a 19 or 20 million dollar player. And we think that's what the market will say in the offseason. And, you know, we know, you know, to your point earlier, we know our cap situation sucks in 2024, but we are going to find a way to keep Christian Wilkins. We are going to do whatever we can. So just so you know, the the franchise tag actually might be a value for us with the player that we think Wilkins is, because I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 million. So just so you know, you're going to get tagged. And you know what? We might even tag you again the next year. That's how much we love you. We're not going to let you walk. You're the heart and soul of our defense. <laughs> to, I mean, Mike McDaniel needs to take poker lessons because like, he, is, he is taking away all leverage he has when he goes and says, yeah, when Christian Wilkins doesn't show up, our defense doesn't show up. 
I mean, how, how, how much more can you gift wrap it for a guy in negotiations? Like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Try as brilliant yeah. as Mike is sometimes he, maybe he, he, you know, he has to improve the poker face and he kind of uh, needs to say a little less sometimes because that, yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. Say if you, you're, you're the dolphins uh, and, and, and you go to Wilkins and you say, you know, you're going to be here the next two years for $45 million, whatever it is. Right. That's what, the, that, that's what the, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's what the tag math says. And we're going to find a way, even though it's going to be a challenge, we're going to find a way to make sure you don't walk. We'd rather not have to take that kind of pain in 2024. We'd rather spread out, you know, the guaranteed money and all that. So here's the deal. You're, you're a $20 million player. That's what Spotrack says. That's what the market says. That's the, you would, you will get between 18 and 21, $22 million a year. Understand you're not taking a hometown discount. And to your point, him bringing up Warren Sapp by name and saying, I have a responsibility to carry on the torch is him in neon flashing lights saying, pay me fools. Okay. You guys are going to pay me or somebody else is. Okay. So we'll, you know, four for 80 with 55 guaranteed. How's that sound? Maybe Christian says, you know what, if you can guarantee me $55 million on September 3rd, 2023, I'll take that deal. I I think eventually it's going to come in around that figure. He's not one of the three or four best defensive tackles in football right. at this point. I mean, he's been phenomenal in, in practice, but let's not overhype him going up against the Dolphins' offensive line that could have some issues, right? But he, he he's put the, a body of work on tape saying, I am at that level. I am no doubt a top 100 player in this league, no doubt a top 10 player in my position. This is what the compensation is. And if Dolphins want to keep him, it's in their court. Yeah. I mean, so so there are nine interior defensive linemen right now that make the 20 million average annual value. OK, but but here's the thing with me um, and why I would like to if I was Miami, I would want to see Wilkins this year, at least a little bit into the season before guaranteeing this money and, and, and you know, making him that that rich. And it's because those nine guys all have a pass rush ability that Wilkins has not shown in games. Right. So the last last year, he was 17th among defensive tackles in pressure, according to pro football reference. Uh, the year before that, he was 17th. So he, he's been outstanding against the run. Um, I think he was top three in tackles for loss last year among defensive tackles. But the pass rush, which is what these interior linemen that get paid usually are um, elite at or near elite at, hasn't been his strong suit. So does it make sense for Miami to, to wait a little to see if the dominance he's showing now against their own offensive line actually, you know, shows up against the Chargers and the Patriots and the Broncos in those first three weeks and then say, okay, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's keep you here long-term. So uh, this is going to sound like an apologist, but it's not, it's just the truth. Uh, he is in a defense now that will allow him to get more sacks. Um, they had such under the Flores, Boyer, Patrick Graham era, um, <clears throat> their gap discipline was their gap discipline. Your assignment is your assignment. If you got the B gap, you've got the B gap. Uh, and if your job is to, you know, to, 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 to clog up the middle and let Jalen go get the sack from the edge, that's your job. Uh, time and time again, when you talk to players on the defensive side of the ball from the Dolphins, they're like, oh man, the freedom of this defense is, is night and day. Like, certainly you can be, you know, you can put yourself at risk by making dumb decisions, but I do think that the, the, the cons are not, are outweighed by the pros. And like, I do like Christian Wilkins should not be 17th in pressures. 
because he is consistently in the backfield. So I do think the scheme will help him. I think he is, I think he's a better player now than we've ever seen. And maybe it's just all come together for him at this moment. Um, I remember early on with Christian, I just thought he was just a solid interchangeable part of the defensive front. Those days are long gone. He is, he is the motor of that defense. He is arguably their defense's best player right now, particularly with Ramsey hurt. Um, and those sack numbers, those pressure numbers, my guess is they'll be there this year simply because he's going to be in a defense that is, is going to pin the rears back and go. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will see how the Dolphins handle that. Um, I know a lot of Dolphin fans I talk to really want Wilkins to get done before the season. They also adhere to the idea that, you know, it could be a distraction in season. i like you said, I don't know how much it really is to the player because the, the agent's handling the business. Um, but speaking of, of business, there, there, there's another piece um, that's out there in free agency right now, right? That uh, Dolphin fans have been, you know, uh, clamoring for apparently more than the Dolphins front office has been. And that's Dalvin Cook. I'm wearing my, my Vikings purple for just for this is, show. Is, is that what that was for? I, I was going to ask you that. Is that, are, are you supporting the, the Dalvin Cook movement to Miami that has been all over social media now for what seems like forever, but. No, I am, I am supporting Mrs. Beasley, who is nice enough to do laundry that I don't look like a homeless person. Not saying that you look like a homeless person, Matt. Not at all. I'm just supporting, you know what? If if someone would send me a PFN polo. You need one of those puppies, okay? Well, so, you know, we will talk to whoever controls the finances here and get that done. He's a real stickler when it comes to dollars and cents, I hear. Yeah, he, he, <clears throat> indeed, he is. Uh, but speaking of stickler, right, dollars and cents. I think Dalvin Cook, the thing is, we know he, he's a good running back. What is he worth in today's NFL and with the running back market, what it is? And also, you're raising your hand. No, that's me five, saying how much he's worth. Five, five minutes. Okay. Because, you know, is there do the Dolphins really have a need for him is the question I'm, I'm getting at here. Because you have Mostert, you have Jeff Wilson, you have A-Chain. Um who obviously McDaniel was enthusiastic about when they drafted a chain. He couldn't he control his enthusiasm in the draft room. Um, and, and it makes me wonder last year, what you saw from Dalvin cook was someone who might be slowing down, right? He's entering his age 28 season now. And, and you start to wonder if he's worth the investment for a team that needs to roll over all the cap that they can for next year. Uh, remember the beginning of the show when I said Steve Ross expects to win the Super Bowl this year? I do. It was like 10 minutes or 20 minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Man of your advanced age, sometimes you might forget things. Uh, the number one, the number one thing of the agenda is to win a Super Bowl this year, Matt and Ponte. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can get, I, I, you know, I understand that he is, he might be past his prime, but we're talking not a steep drop off here. Okay. He was still a very good player. I remember, I think he single-handedly beat the Dolphins last year. Right. He's still he's still got a little pep in the step, so to speak. Uh, and if you're if, if you're Chris Greer, who's been given chance after chance to get this thing right, and if you're Mike McDaniel, who knows maybe I don't get a second chance if this thing goes wrong, uh, and you have a player that you think can help you win the Super Bowl and you can afford him, you do. And I understand the okay, that's five million dollars next year that you're not going to be able to spend because you spent it this year. Totally get it. Um, their window, their 2024 is their window. You could, they can do whatever they want financially in 24 to put together a roster they need to. And then after that, 
fingers crossed, right? We don't even know the quarterback's going to be here. Yes, if Dalvin Cook's available and he's not at, and he's not the price tag's not ten million dollars a year, of course you sign Dalvin Cook. All apologies to Raheem Mostert. All apologies to, to Jeff Wilson. They're fine pieces. They're not Dalvin Cook, okay? And and you're not going to ask him to have 350, 400 touches because of the stable of back. To your point, you can keep him fresh. You can keep you know use him strategically. And uh, if it means you say you ha- you say goodbye to the likes of Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed, who, by the way, if you cut those two dudes, you almost clear up enough money <clears throat> to sign Dalvin Cook anyway. You do it. You absolutely do it. You don't you, you don't overthink it. Uh, you don't worry about the long term when you're you're all in on 2023, and you go and get the guy you think can put you over the top. So. Why do you think it isn't done yet? Is it he's still asking too much money? He, he's trying to get as much as he can. Um, I think I think Dalvin is very smart. Well, I think some of the stuff he does is a little cringy. Like, I don't need the constant updates in NFL Network about how much you want to be a Miami Dolphin. Like, that seems a little desperate. Just going to give you some, you know, people skill <laughs> pointers here, Dalvin. Maybe just tone that down a little bit. You're certainly giving the Dolphins all the leverage when you keep talking about how much you want to be here. Uh, but, but I think, you know, dude had $10 million that was promised to him. That's not promised him anymore this year. And I don't know about you, but not having $10 million I was expecting to have would be a bad year for me. Uh, certainly we don't have those kind of problems at PFN, nothing, nothing but profit, nothing, nothing but profit. Obviously, of course. But, you know, he still wants to get paid. And I think his, his idea is let's see how training camp, the preseason play out. We've already seen a number of high-profile injuries, not necessarily with contenders at running back, but that very well could happen. Like you got another like the season to start for another five weeks, right? You got a lot of time still that things can develop, and I think he wisely is saying, "Why should I commit myself at what I believe is less than market value now, uh, when that same contract will be there in three or four weeks?" And I think that's probably. And also, here's a news alert for you, Matthew: players don't really love training camp. No, and so especially if, in the 95 degree, 100 feels like 110 humidity in Miami. Yes, uh, I, I don't I did, believe that. I just put together a uh, joint practice primer that uh, we'll be dropping on PFN as soon as I get off this call. Uh, and yeah, it's 90 degrees with 68% humidity both Tuesday and Wednesday. So, and, and that's at a morning start. Imagine what it is at two and three in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, no, like he has, it's not the point yet where he has to make a decision, but we'll get there soon. And when we do, I would be stunned if the Dolphins aren't part of the conversation. Do you think he used the Jets as a way to try to entice the Dolphins? That, that's the one idea that's been floated out there. You know, go visit the rival to try to put more pressure on the team you really want to go to. Any, anything, you know, anything to that, you think? Maybe, but are we talking about Dalvin Cook at, in 2023 as a guy that the Dolphins feel like if they miss out on him, it's the end of the world? I mean, clearly not based on their actions, right? Yeah. Let's get back to the fundamentals here. Since February, Dalvin Cook's been available to them. I mean, via trade and then via free agency. So we're talking about six months in now that they've had opportunities at any point. Like they could have taken Dalvin's contract and done a seventh round swap and the Vikings would have given him up. You know why? Because the Vikings gave him up for free. They cut him. So if you would have given him literally any draft compensation, given the team any literally, literally any draft compensation for Dalvin Cook, they would have taken it. Dolphins said, eh, no thanks. Uh, they've known what Dalvin's asking price has been since that time, and certainly since the time he's been cut. 
And they've time after time, like, oh, no, thanks. We'll catch you at the end of the, the training camp. We'll see how our guys are and we'll see what your, what your financial demands are. So, uh, no, I don't, if, if, if it was some big ploy to make the Dolphins panic by, I think that ploy was ill-conceived. Yeah. And I think all your points about Cook are valid and all your points about this year being, you know, a, a season that Stephen Ross wants a Super Bowl this year, next year, don't look too much into the future. But then I look at, I don't know if the Dolphins running game, if they're running backs is the reason they won't make it. Uh, once they got Jeff Wilson last year, they were 13th in EPA per play for running plays. Running wasn't the problem. Much better than the Vikings, by the way, who had Cook. I don't think running, the running game is a problem so much as committing to the run and McDaniel kind of going away from it too quickly at times. Um, and I don't know, is Cook the guy that's going to put you over the top? And if it's, he's not, then what are we even talking about here? Yeah, it, it's tough for me to 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 bang on McDaniel too much for being pass happy because you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Okay, of course. If yeah. you're the, it, it, you were way more efficient throwing the football than you are running it. You have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, so right. I'm not, but they I'm weren't not necessarily to... inefficient running it. They they were pretty much average, right. which should be good enough, right? But they not were have to give five million dollars to a super efficient throwing the ball, particularly in the first half of the season, like insanely efficient. And a lot of those were on the backs of ADR bombs of Tyreek. Get that? But yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to crush a guy for who. By the way, they have all this data that we have, and they know that a pass is almost always the more efficient play than a run. Um, but you still need to set the tone and have dominance and all that. I, I don't think that stuff is BS. I think that's real that you need to impose your will on the team. You need them to feel you and fear you. Play action only works as if they have any healthy fear of the running game. Uh, to that point, though, I'm a lot more scared of play action when Dalvin Cook's back there than when Jeff Wilson is. No apology. You know, all apologies to Jeff Wilson, right, who's right. a fantastic that, that's guy. Fair. So, so, yeah, I, really, the, I think the way you – no team is one player away. That's a ridiculous standard. Like, because that means that – if you lose that one player, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. The only position you can say that's quarterback, right? The only time, the only time, maybe the Jets are one player away. We'll find out. And I think they've got issues that go beyond that. But you can say, yeah, we were one player away. The four-time MVP was the player. Okay, fair. You win that argument. Uh, the Dolphins aren't one player away because there's no such thing aside from that, aside from quarterback. So uh, what you need to, the way you need to think about roster building is collectively, what are our strengths? How do we add to those strengths? How do we make ourselves a complete team? How do we make ourselves a nightmare matchup for defenses? And the same goes to the offensive side as well. Uh, how do you, the defensive side as well? How do how do we take away their best player? The Dolphins obviously wisely saw that they need as many DBs as humanly possible, and they went out and got a ton of them, which is good because their best one's already hurt. Um, so I, I think that's really the way you look at it. Does Dalvin Cook make us a better team? The answer is absolutely yes. If the dollars work out, I think you go for it. I, I've had this battle on Twitter a lot. Um, I don't necessarily know that he makes you a better team in the sense that I don't think you would see any any movement on their win total on the Super Bowl odds from adding, uh, you know, a, a running back who is, you know, n not a top five running back. To me, you know, running back can be replaceable to an extent. And, and I don't know if I would, you know, sell at the farm just for a, a running back like Cook, who 
didn't necessarily show. Like I said, all the, all the advanced metrics show that he was not necessarily that much better than what the Dolphins had already. Um, and that would be the argument against him. But if you get him at $5 million, it's a different conversation, right? So it, a lot of it comes down to what the value of that contract will be. Yeah. And, um, and again, uh, they've shown incredible discipline up to this point. I think the only way they get away from that discipline is if Raheem gets hurt. I think really that's the only I – mean, sure, certainly Jeff as well is important. But I think Raheem, without him – I mean, Dalvin can catch the ball out of the backfield pretty good. And there is some – you know, there is some uh, skill set duplication with him and Raheem. I get that. Uh, but Cook is the more complete back. And he's the healthier back too. I mean, you, you, you're you going to need – like corners, you're going to need three guys you can depend on to get through the season. Yeah. And I guess um, we talk about corners now. It's a good segue to the different camp battles you're seeing here. Um, but before we get out, we have preseason game one on Friday against the Falcons. We have two joint practices, right, on Tuesday and Wednesday down in Miami. Um, what are you looking for? Um, what have you seen so far? Cornerback battle, receiver battle, and I think QB two. Those are probably the three that stick out the most. Um, what have you seen? What are you expecting to see this upcoming week? Well, first thing I want to see is Bijan, right? I want to see what the number eight pick looks like when he's yeah. a running back. That would be fun. I want to see, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter would be a fun one to see as well. I'd love to see how he looks, certainly given the reins of that offense. Um, it's going to be really cool to see pretty inexperienced Falcons offense going up against those dogs up front on defense. I mean, that is, yeah. whew, I mean, talk about baptism by fire for those dudes. Um, I mean, Kyle Pitts is still very young. I mean, it's, that's a young offense going up against a veteran laden and very talented defense. So that's going to be fun. Everyone wants to talk Dolphins offense, obviously. Uh, they've not looked great the last couple of practices. Uh, they had that 12 sack debacle uh, about a week ago week and change ago. Uh, and Saturday in the scrimmage, they were not great either, aside from, I think, the two of bomb to Tyreek, which, by the way, not the burst or bubble here, Matt, but that was against the number three defense. Uh, aside from that play... Listen, that's had, okay, okay? You can't control your opponent. It's true. Reps are reps. I get that. Yeah. Um, beyond that throw, sir, I think to average 3.7 yards an attempt in that scrimmage. So maybe... Yeah, I, I mean... How much are they really showing though right now too? So let's, I, I don't want, I've seen some people start worrying on social media about the Dolphins offense based on training camp and a scrimmage. I'm not there yet, but let, let, let's get to the game against the Chargers week one. And then I'll worry. I, all of this right now is just noise. Here's what worries me. It's not the fact that he and Tyreek haven't been totally on the same page at times. That's fine. Uh, it hasn't not the fact that they've had some drops, which is true. That stuff will work itself out. Pre-snap penalties, which literally cost them a spot in the divisional round. Literally cost them a spot in the divisional round. From pulling off one of the greatest upsets ever. Yeah. You know, statistically, it would have been the greatest upset in wildcard history. Like, statistically, it would would have been. Um, That and your offensive line being a sieve at times. Like, they cannot get – I almost said Brandon Albert. Man, my brain's everywhere. They cannot get Teron Armstead hurt. Right. They cannot. They absolutely have to have him on the field. I know he says mission 17. Give me 15, dude. Give me 15 games uh, at playing at a high level and fully healthy going to the playoffs. You got a shot to make some noise. Uh, Those are my concerns. Those concerns aren't going to go away 
once the preseason ends, because it's, I mean, the pre-snap penalties, they were the, they were fourth in penalties last year. Um, same coaches largely that they were last year as they are this year. Certainly Vic is a change. Um, and, and the offensive line, like how many times are we going to be talking about this? Like how, yeah. and the, the number, the, 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 the LG one job, who knows who's going to win that man? Really? I mean, Leon Eichenberg has given, been given a shot. I don't know if it's been, he's shown enough yet because they keep rotating dudes in there. Maybe Isaiah wins. You're starting uh, week one left guard. Um, maybe Robert Jones is that guy there. There, there, there's going to be some concerns there at that position. I think they feel okay with the right tackle situation. I think. How do you feel? What's that? How do you feel about the right tackle situation? Because that probably to me is, it continues to be almost like a blind spot where the contingency plan put in place. If Austin Jackson does not work out, scares me every bit as much as Austin Jackson does. And when you're trying to get 17 games out of your quarterback, maybe invest in protecting his blind side. Maybe. Well, I don't think they didn't. I mean, Win Win has shown that he can be a more than serviceable tackle if need be. I think they like him at guard. Yeah, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name, Cedric O. Uh, I'll let you know. No, I will not. Okay, no, uh, Cedric OG. That, that's all I got. That's right. Uh, Certainly he's got, you know, some, some tread in the tires as well. So they have options, but look, you can't, you need your first round pick to play like a first round pick. That's as simple as it gets. The same with the, the defensive backs. I think Noah's going to give it, be given a chance with Jalen hurt too. You invested a first round pick on these guys for your team to win. You need your first round picks to play like first round picks. I mean, that it's, it's that simple. So yeah, you can have concerns, but there's no great answer aside from writing off Austin Jackson, like that's, that's the conscious decision they made this offseason. Do we admit failure with our first round pick or do we, do we, do we coach this guy up and thinks, think that he can be the difference? I'm going to spoiler alert. The good teams make it work with their first round picks, because when you miss on those, you're playing the free agency game and the $50 million are already over the cap in 2024. will go to 60 and 65 and 70. And that's, that's how you really get into trouble. Okay, so one final question for you before we wrap up here. Starters on Friday night, will we see any? Oh, that is a great question. Why are you asking me before we've talked to McDaniel about this? Because that puts you on the spot. If you ask him and he gives you the answer, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's yeah, I, I, I am glad I'm glad to give you the information I've been presented, all right? Uh, who, I think you need to find starter. I don't know if we're going to see Tua, but I bet we do see Cedric Wilson. Right. You know, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if we're going to see Xavier Howard, but I bet we do see no monogamy. Right. You know, guys that aren't that have questions still. Yeah. I think they would be dumb to play like a David Long in that game. Guy's got an injury history. He's really, really good, by the way. Watching him in person, he has been very disruptive in the defensive back and the, the offensive backfield. Wouldn't put him at risk. Obviously, Armstead's not going to play. And, I, you know, maybe do you give, you know, the rest of your offensive line? Certainly, we better see Liam Eikenberg, right? Yeah. We absolutely better see the, anyone who's battling for a job because, I mean, they need the work. But I think you're going to see a mix and match. Do we see Tua? Maybe for a series or two, but I wouldn't even put him at risk. Here, here's my standard, Matthew. If Arm says not playing, 
yep. to a game plan. I, I was think about to say that. Standard. If your first string O-line's not out there, you can't put your QB1 out there, especially someone who has the injury history that Tua has. Yep. Um, unless you just plan for nothing but, you know, three quick throws, and that's it. Then, then what's, the, what's the point? And what's the point? But, right. But what are you what are you learning there? What's the takeaway there? What are you gaining? Okay. Well, we will be back next week uh, to talk about everything from joint practice and preseason game one on Friday night. Remember to subscribe to the podcast uh, if, if you haven't already. And be sure to visit profootballnetwork.com slash Miami dash dolphins for all of our dolphins content in one spot. You don't have to go and look for it anymore. It's, we have a nice landing page. Just Dolphins content. That's profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen Dolphins. Uh, all of Adam's writing is right there for you to enjoy and, and criticize. Adam, it's been fun. Hopefully it's the first of many. Let's do it again next week. Yeah, let's let's have more fighting next week. This is way too much. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. I'll let, I'll let you pick out the topics that you want to um, friendly debate. <laughs>